This year's donations might go to, say, the geology department. Oh dear, not the dirt people. Geology is the study of pressure and time. That's all it takes, really. What kind of activity has turned the lake massive? Look, I'm just a geologist. I like rocks. I love rocks. All right, hello everyone, and welcome to the Geology Flannel Cast. My name is Steve. Hey everybody, this is Chris. Happy solstice. This is Jesse. Nicely done, sir. Thanks. I thought I'd just get right into it. Yeah. Good. You finished uh, chewing and everything before you did that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm a professional. Welcome, everybody. Yeah, we're recording this on the that we're recording this on the eve of the solstice. Solstice. I, I can't talk already. So that's that's <laughs> a good like, sign. Uh, Twelve hours away from the solstice. Yeah, that's true. Approximately. 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 Within, within, you know, 13, 13 plus or hours. minus a half an hour. <laughs> what did I What did I say? 10, uh, 58, 48, something like that. Yeah. 10, 58 on the East Coast. Eastern time. Yeah. Eastern. 10, 59. Sorry. 10, okay. Okay. 10, yeah. I was, I was way off. Yeah. So Chris uh, is, you know, way down there in Hotlanta. You're pretty far west so your sunset has got to be uh a lot later than ours i mean not a lot but it's like like 15 hours after you guys (laughs) (laughs) he's practically in japan it's i mean yeah he's he's closer to the equator (laughs) i mean you're basically getting 12 hours of sunlight and we've gotten like four yeah so yeah, yeah, we got on the uh, the western edge of Eastern Time here, so we sunsets about forty five minutes after after it does for you guys in Philly. Yeah, and but I, I guess I mean sun rises that much later. Sun, yeah, yeah sun like yeah on the solstice, like the sun doesn't rise until like almost eight o'clock. Whew. you're in you're in the dark. Yeah, so there's there's two things going on different there. So one is you're more west, and one is you're you're further south. Yeah. And so that's going <clears> to, <throat> that plays into the idea of the solstice, right? Yeah. Which is the, the angle at which we see the sun or the sun's rays hit us. Mm. I was, uh, the, the sun's way, rays, start. they're like the sun's little babies that it sends out into the universe. I, I, yeah, I think of them as like hugs, just Ooh, hugging us. I like it. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. hug us too much and we get climate change. But yeah. Yeah. Or you get cancer. That's yeah, true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh it speaking of which, it's funny, like I am rapidly getting old all of a sudden. Like I just looked in the mirror, like I was talking to Jesse right before the podcast. So I was like, I'm gonna go to the bathroom and I looked in the mirror. I'm like, what are all these dark spots on my face? I'm like, man, I'm getting old. <laughs> river spots like mr burns has yeah like was- yeah like there's one on the tip of my nose and i knew that's been coming for a while but then like over here is a butt like and i had to have one like shaved off my face like yeah this like, is what a- is going on here you know i uh today i was working on my house and i threw my back out for a little bit uh <laughs> just standing up i wasn't even uh, standing up and <laughs> this is i was about to say this is a psa to get a skin check Yes, it is. But it's also a PSA to stretch, I think. (laughs) Yes. Uh, No, but uh, like uh, Lyme's disease and um, skin cancer are two illnesses that are the most common plagues of geologists. Yeah. And I've had Lyme disease. So let's, I'm hoping it ends there. I got one done. Um, Yeah. Did you see the Parker probe, which is, oh yeah, I was just watching a video about this. this yeah. NASA's uh, space probe. That's looking at the sun just flew through the, the Corona of the sun. Stop it. Yep. That's crazy town. Yeah. So it, it went through the, so the Corona is sort of the outer layer the, where the gas is igniting. It's that. I don't even know how to describe it. It's, you know, it's not. It has to do with the, the, they could tell with the magnetic field that they were inside the Corona because yeah, it's the Corona is actually hotter than the surface of the. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah. yeah. So what is it made of that? It went through it. Plasma. The no, the the probe. 
it's it's a really cool ceramic you can you can google it uh, you know the <clears throat> if you're familiar with the internet uh <laughs> which the, i think you are if you're listening to us the, Na- <laughs> the nasa the nasa has a great video so on the internet you can use the google to find it but it's 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 like that material where like i was watching a, also watching a video on it separate um from chris but they is it maybe you're watching the same one where they they had the blowtorch on it mm. so they they're showing just how how the material you know dissipates and conducts the heat you know a person had their hand on the back side of the ceramic tile and they're just hitting the front end with like this blowtorch and there's just like no you know the person was unaffected wow because it and because they need they need to keep the it's actually really interesting because like the instruments have to stay really cold and so not only do you have to keep it from burning up but you still got to keep it sort of chilled too wow so it's it's really interesting material I was watching um, after I watched that video on the Parker probe. I watched the video on the um, the the web the, the what's it the what's the the web telescope. There's oh the the new one that's going up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, pa- think, one uh, of our patrons sent me a, a link the other day to to take a look at it. Like yeah, four yeah. days, Christmas Eve they're launching it. So four days from when we're recording this hopefully it went well if you're listening to this afterwards and it like blew up or something oh that would be terrible <laughs> waka waka <laughs> but they have to they have this big sail on the back and it it has to like totally block out the sun's light uh and oh. it's uh yeah and it's hanging out at a geez, i hope i don't screw this up but uh i believe that it's hanging out at a lagrange point mm. i think you are right yeah, I'm almost positive you're right. So they're yeah. just going to be playing ZZ Top all the time? That's how it works, right? I think so, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. That's a, uh, it's a ZZ Top song called The Grange. Thank you. It's uh, even funnier when you have to explain the jokes. Though. Right. <laughs> I know there's some people out there who will be like, I know what he's talking about. Yeah, there's some top <laughs> top hats, top heads. Z. <laughs> Yes, lots, lots of ZZ Top fans. So anyway, the solstice. <laughs> yeah, should we explain what the so the solstice is? Does anyone want to jump in and explain that? Well, break down the word for me. Solstice. Sol, Sol means sun. Sol what does this mean? This <laughs> it means stands. It's it's a the root of standing still. Yeah. It, so. On- is that so? It's is that true that on on the solstice, like the position that the is it the position that the sun sets stays the same for like three days or something like that? It's some, yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's and like its position in the sky doesn't because it like pops over the horizon and just kind of cruises and drops. Yeah, um, um, shortest day of the year, depending on where you're at. If you're you know in Ecuador, sorry. All the days are the same, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but, or if you're in the southern hemisphere, you're going into the summer solstice. That's ah. true. That's, uh, that we should. That's a very good point, Jesse, because we have a fair amount of Australian listeners. So good day. Good day. Happy summer solstice for for those down under. Yeah, you're you're doing doing your summer solstice thing. I don't know how they differ. Uh, w- one is the longest day of the year. Well, no, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I meant in terms of how you celebrate. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. L- so less the, less rooftop nakedness, I guess. So yeah. Uh, so the, that that was for our patrons. We were talking earlier about about uh, how we celebrate the winter solstice. Yeah. So it it doesn't the sun doesn't change its declination. So it's like its height above the horizon horizon um for a couple days or it's a i don't know if it's true it's apparent right i think it's an apparent thing um yeah and so in in the in the northern hemisphere we get the the least amount of sunlight and the further north you get the less sunlight you obviously have you know i think it was last week or the week before uh, you reach uh, above the Arctic Circle that the, the sun has basically set. 
so they're they're getting no sunlight yeah and and that's it's because of um it's because of our tilt at seasons 23 and a half 23 and a half right 23 and a half degrees off off the imaginary axis um and so you know because of this till we're tilted away from the sun at, at the moment um and so this is the point when we're getting the least amount of sunlight so starting you know as you move away from the solstice into the year um the days are going to get longer for us yeah and that's right. that's part of the reason why that the uh Christians picked December 25th as Christmas because, uh, you know, they're, they're, Jesus came into the world and, and every day since Jesus came into the world, the world's getting brighter. Is that right? Yes. But they got it wrong by a few days. <laughs> so, <Wow. laughs> so instead of the 21st, it's actually the 25th is what, what they celebrate as Christmas. So. But that that was supposed to be like, yeah, every you know, Jesus is in the world now, so every day is getting brighter. But yeah, um, or at least that's what I was taught <laughs> at Catholic so, school. At Catholic school, yes. Um, I thought it had to do something with. Oh, here we go. I don't know this for a fact, but I'm going to say it anyways. I thought that's, it had to do something. That is the the tagline of the show. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it had to do something with they picked that day because then uh, let's see, that's the first date the sun appears to rise in the horizon after the solstice. And- I mean, there's, I mean, it's also, yeah, so there it's, it's a number of different, many different um, traditions use this as a point. You know, you're going in, it's this period of darkness. Mm-hmm. So a lot of different, so I mean, like the Romans had Saturnalia. It's just a, a point where many different cultures celebrated things. Mm. And there's I one thing the Christians oh. were good at it's, is that it's, it's sort of co-opting and, you know, and, and, and adapting to, to these other festivals and things. Um, so, you know, I think that was part of it. That's just a time when there was one of someone, one of those old timey monks or whatnot tried to calculate the date and tried to make it, you know, Christmas more meaningful than, or more sort of calculated than it was. And I think he realized he was off, you know, the old timey dates, but I mean, again, not to go down a, religious you know rabbit hole here but like the immaculate conception is in december well i mean the, the, so and then the the birth of jesus in december like, i'm no biologist but <laughs> so those numbers aren't lining up yeah well the immaculate conception was when mary was born right i'm i'm no theologian either mm. so the immaculate conception was when mary was that has to do with her being born without original sin. Mm. You both went to Catholic school for 25 years. I thought it had to do with when. Yeah, I did not. No. I don't. All right. I, I'm going to deviate from this topic because. Yeah. No, I so, like <laughs> I mean, we, it is, it is this. So it's this period. It's like this period when you're going into, you know, it's, it's dark. Like in Philadelphia, we were, you know, it's the shortest day of the year. So there's nine hours and 20 minutes of daylight tomorrow. Um, Which is funny because it doesn't seem like that long because I swear to God, I leave for work and it's dark and well, I come you, home from work and it's dark. Well, that's I mean, the sun, the sun's rising oh. at 719 and it's setting at 430. Yeah. Uh, uh, but, you know, the, the twilight hours, it's basically twilight all day. Yeah. Can I just want to I want to jump into something real fast for <laughs> I don't mean Uh-oh. to interrupt, but I want to say this before we forget about this. I'm looking at I have this list of all these different uh uh winter solstice holidays, right? And Festivus. They're gonna celebrate the well, the Festivus is not on this, but right. you know what it is is the Roman cult of Saul. Have you guys ever heard of this? Neither have I. Okay, but uh according to Wikipedia, uh Saul 
Invictus, uh, who is the uh, the unconquered son or invincible son, was originally a Syrian god who was later adopted as the chief god of the Roman Empire under uh, Emperor Aurelian. Um, his holiday is traditionally celebrated on December 25th, as there are several gods associated with the winter solstice in many pagan traditions. It has been speculated to be the reason behind Christmas's proximity to the solstice. Yeah. Hmm, how about that? I mean, Roman cult of soul. Mm. I mean, a lot of the, I don't know if it's, you know, pagan or, or um, <clears throat> Germanic peoples and Scandinavian peoples celebrated Yule, which is, mm-hmm. I want to say it was, it, it, it has to do with Odin and it's connected to Odin. And, but uh, one of the things they did, and that's where we get, Yule time. I mean, Hakon, Hakon the Good, the Norwegian king is a yeah. Feast. Oh, I mean, a Yule feast hosted by Norwegian king Hakon the Good. Um, I mean, in Nor in Norwegian, Christmas is Yule, J U L. So, um, <clears throat> but one of the things they did was, you know, it's it's mid. Oh yeah, yeah. Hakon the Good was the king. Yeah, yeah, time. yeah. I see that now. Yeah, yeah. Um, in midwinter, they would bring in a giant log during during the solstice to burn for the entirety of what they would consider the solstice you know the sun standing still or whatever and it was oh. seven days or 12 days and so that's where we get yule log from hmm. so you wanted to get one log that would sort of it's got to be a big log I, there's got to be, be someone, a damn big log it's got to be like <laughs> for, for three days you gotta it's got to be someone switching out if there's if you have kids listening right now earmuffs but it's got to be like, I don't know, Elf on the Shelf. Someone's moving, putting a new log on every night or something. <laughs> hey, look at that. <laughs> Johnny, throw a new log on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Someone's switching it up here. Yeah. But it was, it's like how it, that uh, that kid's goldfish is 40 or, you know, whatever, uh, five years yeah. old or so. <laughs> I am, my goldfish is still alive. Um, but it, yeah, so, I mean, Solstice, it is it's it is a real thing in, in that. You know, it's an astronomical. Now, it's not. I do want to make the point that we're not the furthest. It has not. It, it's not like our orbit. It's based on you know our tilt. Yeah, not the eccentricity, just the tilt. Yeah. So it's you know we're not. It's not. Um, we're not at aphelion or perihelion. Per, yeah, perihelion. Yeah. So, so that's per- when that's that's the distance to the sun. But that's yeah. not. That's you know. Uh, so per- perihelion is January seventh. I know it's January. Yeah, um, in twenty twenty one, it's going to be January second. January second. So, so at eight fifty one. I'm sorry, at eight fifty a.m. Twenty twenty one was. I will be the closest. Yeah. So yeah. So close. Yeah. Peri. Yeah. Perihelion. That's right. Oh, well, peri- yeah. So the yeah. northern, and that's part of the reason, like. It's one of the reasons we're in the interglacial right now, um, not counting human climate change. Allegedly. But, but <laughs> even though we're in, we're tilted away from, you know, the, the time when we're tilted away from the sun, our winter in the Northern Hemisphere. And then we, we sort of think about the Northern Hemisphere as being the driver because the majority of land is in the Northern Hemisphere. No yeah. offense to our Southern Hemisphere listeners. Yeah. Um, but but it, USA, USA. But, but we're tilted away during the the perihelion, so we don't have these really cold winters. We actually have pretty mild winters because we're closer to the sun. Now, if, if we were at aphelion and we were tilted away, this, the winters would be a lot colder because we would get less sunlight and we'd be tilted away. Um, I learned a fun fact. Do you know how you remember the difference between perihelion and aphelion? How? Do you know? I feel like Chris knows. Do you know? I just know. I mean, I know what the words mean, but. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. But if you need a mnemonic, um, aphelion is when you're away. Ah? Because it oh. starts with an A. Ah. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Yeah. That's. How about that? You know, the interesting thing is it uh, it jumps around. The dates jump around a bit, too. It's they, like 
I'm looking Dude. at this list from 2021 to 2025, and it's either on perihelions on January 2nd or 4th, aphelions on like between like July 3rd and July 6th. Yeah, because it's, I mean, our, we, we do have a little bit of a wobble in our orbit. And the same with solstice. Yeah. The so, like um, last year, uh, summer, you know, we always think of winter and summer solstice being on the 21st. But uh, in two years, in the tw- in 2023, winter solstice will be on December 22nd. <gasps> oh. It's usually on the 21st, but everyone's last year, June 20th was summer solstice. Yeah, I didn't know that. That, that threw me off a lot. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it, it made you question things. I was just like, I thought I knew when this was. How did, how, you know, I'm a scientist. How do I not know when this is? Yeah, why? And I didn't. <laughs> I mean, it? yeah, I think it just all has to do. It's with the tides. The tides come in, the tides go out. <laughs> it's not the tides. No, it's not the tides. Sorry. Uh, you can you can harken back to uh, episode was that one one twenty one nineteen. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, these are these are classic. Milankovitch cycles here. Yeah, man, and, and I love it that that. There are mathematicians out there, you know, astronomers, I guess, that know how to calculate this and can tell me down to the minute when actually the winter solstice is, because that's pretty impressive. I mean, you're, you're essentially collecting data over and over and over and over again. And, and if we're 100 years ago, uh, maybe 150 years ago, you, you might not have known when the winter solstice was until after it happened. Like if you're recording data, like, okay, the sun's here, the sun's here, the sun's here. And like, oh, okay. Yeah. I guess the solstice would have been a day and a half ago. So we, we have a way to, to, to say that ancient peoples knew when the solstice was, they had a way to sort of record or know when the solstice was occurring. Prove it. Because they built structures. Oh. how's that for a transition how is that, that was, for a perfectly formatted transition that was a Whoa. perfectly formatted transition right from our outline that was perfectly formatted by our friends at the formatting formula so www.formattingformula.com or youtube forward slash c forward slash formatting formula who are if you are a friend of the podcast wonderful word document formatting wizards there's no other way to put it they they are of another ethereal plane. They just know how to wizardry the word documents in any way you need to know. Um, you know they've done I, at this point. I think thousands of theses or uh, dissertations. Um, they can help you format your regulatory documents for stuff that has to be submitted, you know, to the state or to the federal government and things like that. They can even customize your like header toolbars to, to be different things, which I didn't even know was possible before I knew the formatting formula. Like instead of just like home and insert and, you know, format, like they can, they can literally change all that stuff up to make it easier for you. So uh, check them out. Formattingformula.com. Um, that's what I do when I have a problem. I just say here, fix it. And they fix it for me and it's awesome. But if you would are a little bit more of a go-getter and want to learn how to do it yourself, they have a wonderful, uh, YouTube videos that, you know, kind of like take you step by step and, and it's, it's pretty well paced, but obviously it's a YouTube video. So if you're really slow, like me, you can pause it and then try it and then hit play and then do it again. And you know, so the, the videos are great. Um, they, they have, uh, videos for older versions, newer versions, word, Mac. So check them out formattingformula.com. But most importantly, make sure you say the geology flannel cast sent you. All right. Yeah. Even uh, if you don't use them, just put in a comment, be like, Oh, the geology flannel cast sent me. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, fun, fun fact about the winter solstice that I was just reading uh, while you're doing that, Steve. Um, Last time the winter solstice, it can fall on December 23rd. Uh, last time it fell on December 23rd was 1903. 
and it's oh not man, happen. it was a cold day that day, I'll tell you. And oh, it's not going to happen again on December twenty third until twenty three oh three. Whoa! So hopefully, hopefully, I'll be around for that one too. Yeah. <laughs> you think you're feeling old now? Wait till you turn three hundred. <laughs> Good point. Good point. <laughs> All right. So what about these structures on how to tell when it's the solstice or not? It's almost like a, a giant stone calendar. It's it's really something else, isn't it? Call this Stonehenge? Is that is that how you pronounce it? Is that the, the correct pronunciation? Stone Higgy. Stone Higgy. So we finally debunked it. Yes. <laughs> no, so Stonehenge, which is in Europe somewhere. England. England. Which last time I checked. No, they voted specifically. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Sorry. Well, it's, well, they're still in Europe. I know. I'm, I'm just on the European, the European continent, Union. right? No, yeah. I'm making a... uh, yeah, so Stonehenge. Like the and doing research for this. This thing is old. Yeah. 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 How old? How old is it? It's like 5,000 years old. Yeah. So they've got the first iteration of it, at least. First, yeah, yeah. Stonehenge one version 1.0. Yeah. 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 We should have come up with some subtitles for these Stonehenge one first stoning. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. even even before the monument there was like post holes and stuff that they yeah in on earth from like literally ten thousand years ago well so i'm gonna i'm actually gonna argue against that no that's fine i was reading a study yeah against that um but the the, the main origins we have at like 3500 Mm -hmm. bc so that's you know five thousand yeah that's 5500 yeah 5500 years ago jeez and so it's in um salisbury plain which is in wiltshire southern england yeah so um and it is it's um cretaceous the the rock underneath it is is the the chalk which is where we get the word Cretaceous from. Yeah, lots of sedimentary rock in that part of in that part yeah. of England. So you have um, these this bank and sort of ditch. So they dug this big sort of circular ditch and they they banked it up around it, and it's in but, the Cretaceous chalk. But real quick, before that, they think they picked this spot because of the Cretaceous chalk because it was oh. less wooded. So it, it wasn't as forested oh, because oh. of the chalk that was underneath it. Like, it. Like, like, like a grassy meadow kind of? Yeah, thing. so it, yeah. It, was, it was easier to clear and, and put something there because of the underlying well, geology. When we get to the trans, transporting this stuff, we'll bring yeah. that, that point up. Yeah. It, yeah it's yeah. really interesting. There, there's some, some things that come into play there. Um, yeah. But it's, it's 360 feet in diameter. Okay. And, and so in, in this initial iteration here, there's um, the there's 56 pits that are that are called the Aubrey holes, which were named after the the guy who found them. Um, and they're all about three feet in diameter. So about a meter. So okay. pretty big holes. Um, and so the, the current thought is that these initial, the, this this sort of henge, this sort of circular, these these pits held what are called blue stones, or what we refer to as blue stones. Do you know what a blue stone is? It's a uh, rock. rock. Is it perhaps a rock that uh, looks grayish, a uh, bluish gray when it's wet? It, and that's it why is. they call it a blue yeah. stone. <laughs> it's a pretty generic term. Yeah. Um, these ones are are what are called dolerite. Do you know what dolerite is? I didn't. I I learned this about an hour ago. Uh, yeah. I've, I've never heard of dolerite before this. No. Yeah. You know, you know what it is. You do. You probably see it. Do you know? Uh, did you did you look up or you still don't know? No, no, no. I'm, like, I'm... 
playing, uh, I'm playing dumb. <laughs> it it begins with a D and ends in I a base. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. <laughs> what could it yeah. be? So so diabase is it's an intrusive igneous rock. It's it's um what I don't know how would you, is it between like it's really really close to basalt. I was gonna say it's not quite basalt, but it's not, not quite, quite basalt. Gabbro, gabbro, so it's yeah, it's closer yeah. to basalt. You you find it as dikes and sills. Are the palisades diabase? I, I was thinking maybe the Wilmington Blue Rocks. Oh. It's right there in the name, bluestone, blue rocks. Yeah. Well, maybe there's a Stonehenge in Delaware that we're not aware of. Perhaps. Uh, remind me, I've got a henge to talk about in the U.S. that I, I do want to come back to. Oh, um, consider yeah. me intrigued. Yeah. So it, it, it forms as dikes and sills. Sometimes the bluestone, I mean, you can have some tough sorilites sometimes sandstone um i heard that there's as many as like 20 different rocks that could be considered a bluestone yeah it's one of those generic yeah. terms that they yeah um it mostly just sounds like it's uh, a bunch of uh igneous stuff you get some uh tufts in there as well um yeah just uh it's just, it's just a generic term it's not the bluestone is not a it's not a scientific term but those are the 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 smaller guys around Stonehenge. So yeah. in the yeah uh, in the in in Stonehenge, what are what are the really big guys called? The, so the 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 big ones are called Saracens. That's it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I can just I'll run through here real quick the the or like the 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 building because Stonehenge kind of happens in phases. Yeah. And so the blue stones are they they think they could be up to nine feet tall, but but they're they're not what maybe what you're picturing. Um, uh, after after the the blue stones are put there, around 2900, you get evidence of timber a timber structure. These post okay. holes that you find, okay. um, and then about 300s after that, stone starts being used again. But we have not really much evidence left of whatever stones they were using. Mm -hmm. So this, this is sort of crazy when you think about these time spans here in, 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 you know, this is almost a thousand years mm -hmm. from when they started using this site to, to where we're at and why they're changing things and, and who is actually doing it is sort of unknown, but around 2,500 BC is, is when, they start building the megaliths that we sort of know today where you have the large stones, like the two vertical stones with the lintel across the, the stone across the top of it. And we call those um, trilithons. And did, did you know they actually have like tongue and groove? And yeah. It's like, it's like mortise yeah. and tenon almost. Yeah. Crazy. The, like the craftsmanship. Some of them are, um, I've got here like 13 feet tall and almost two meters, seven feet wide. Yeah. They're pretty heavy. Rocks. Yeah. And, and they, they go down to the ground. As they yeah. Get they, too. Yeah. They go like, uh, yeah, maybe um, two or three meters into the ground. Yeah. Now one of them had collapsed and they, they brought it back up in the 1950s. Yeah. So it's, it's I mean, it's kind of crazy. This was just sort of, it, it only became, it was privately owned until like the turn of the yeah. There's a century. Did you see the story behind the, behind how it was sold. I've I've heard it, but I forget it. Yeah. Um. Uh. Let's see if I remember. I didn't take any notes on it, but uh, yeah. Basically, uh, someone bought it for like the equivalent of like six hundred six hundred thousand uh, pounds. I think in today's today's equivalency, but uh, back then, whenever it was. They bought it was like six sixty six hundred pounds or something like that. Anyways, it was, it was like it wasn't as much money as you think you'd pay for Stonehenge. And no. uh, the fellow bought it for his wife as a gift. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Here you go, sweetie. Then, 
Yeah, and and apparently, um, and then he, I, the joke is maybe she didn't like it as much as he thought that she would have liked it. <laughs> he ended up he sold it back to the government. Yeah, so it's, and they yeah, gave him they knighted him as a oh, as a reward. For, oh, nice! Uh, it's a listed selling it, giving it back to the government. Yeah, it's a listed. Yeah. It's a listed sign. So there's 52 of these stones, these Saracens today. Um, but yeah, they the, think so, okay. so. The Saracens. What's it? I they got the the trial trilithons right in the, yeah in the, in the middle, but those are also considered Saracens. I think I think yeah, just the individual blocks are a Saracen. Maybe if it's vertical as a Saracen, someone okay. who knows more about this is probably shouting at at us like while they <laughs> listen to this. Like okay, okay. I, I mean, I do that sometimes when I hear people talk about things I know about. Them. Just but yeah, screaming so, into the. I, the I do know radio. that that one of the most rare rock specimens is in the fifties. Someone was granted permission to core it. Well, so are you getting into that? I'm sorry. I don't want to. No, 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 no. That's, but that's true. Yeah. Really, really big for a second. No, no, I'm glad you brought it up. So like the trilithons um, are different than the, the blue stones. Yeah. Trilithons or sandstones. So yeah. So these Saracens, the the big stones, they think there was um, uh, around 80 originally. Um, but there's only 52 today. So someone took some. Okay. So anyway, um, they, it, they built it pretty quickly. And then about 2200 BC, there's some thought that people tried to re-erect the blue stones. They had like fallen over. Um, and then by 1600, the, most of the blue stones had been removed. And, and the site kind of just sort of fell out of favor. But, it, you know, it's, it's about 2,000 years of being used. And then it's just wow. uh, 4,000 years of just sort of sitting there. So uh, back to the blue stones, the original yes. stones. So those stones came from Wales. The 150 country. miles away to the yeah. west. The, the Priscilla Hills. Yeah, the Priscilla Hills. There, there's a place called Juan Mon, which, uh, ugh, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on my Welsh. I think it means like peatlands or something. One man. But um, yeah, it's in Pembrokeshire, which is sort of Western Wales. Um, that's insane. Yeah, and and that's so, like carrying a 27 ton rock from New York to Philly. Yeah. 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 A little bit more, a little bit more than New York to Philly. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was, there was a geologist named Herbert Thomas in the 1920s who found the outcrop in the, in the Priscilla Hills in Western Wales and sort of pieced it together that it's the same mineralogy as, as these blue stones and actually found, um, uh, or no, he, one of the problems, one of the issues that has always been around is that there was no real good sort of megalithic quarries. Mm. Um, there well, was, one other thing, let me, let me stop you for one second, yeah. just because I want to reiterate uh, an important point with the Stonehenge rocks. Uh, so it's pretty, like we said earlier in the podcast, uh, that Stonehenge is located um, within sedimentary rocks. And so these blue stones are not sedimentary rock. Well, most of them. I think there are some sandstones that that are the are in with the the blue stones. But for the most part, that from what I was reading, it seems like they're. It's pretty safe to say that the they're they're igneous rocks, right? Most of them are this this diabase, and so. But the, I guess the the main take home point is that the blue stones are exotic rock, and they're not from that area, and so. Uh, you know, people were just looking to originally to see like where did this stuff come from, and that's what you're saying in the in the Priscilla Hills. That's where they think they 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 found this match, but just only looking at mineralogy, right? Good. Yeah, and they, well, they I mean, there's people who have said like, oh, here's this ancient quarry. This one carve out looks like one of the blue stones we found, but yeah, I, that's you're sort of you, you you know just because you find a a square hole and you've got a square rock over here doesn't mean they came from the same place. Well, did, um, but, are you going into what no, happened in 2014? 
No, what are you going to say? What happened? Oh, with this drought or? No. <laughs> yeah, what, what happened in 2014? With, with the Zircon dating, they realized that oh. that uh, they, they did some Zircon dating on the Stonehenge uh, bluestones and it didn't match up with the original the original outcrops they had in the Priscilla Hills. And yeah. so long story short, they found a new uh, a new outcrop just a little bit north of that original site on the, the northern side of the Priscilla Hills uh, matched up with the dates and everything like that. And uh, they found more of the bluestones that were cut up. And they're yes. like, it was almost like a bunch of dominoes, like sitting on top of each other. And they just never, they were, they were, they were, they were, they were um, I don't know. Like, what, what do you say? Like when you break up the rock into the slabs? Uh, yeah. They were like quarried, just, but they weren't transported. Yeah. They're just sitting there. And um, I was just watching this documentary on, uh, on BBC about, about it. And, and the one archeologist was saying, here's, here's basically the chisel marks from, you know, he goes, they're all sitting on top of each other. Um, but in this, this documentary that I was watching, they found a campfire there at an ancient campfire, right? At the, uh, at the quarry site that matches up with the bluestones for, for Stonehenge. And what they found was an old burnt hazelnut, hazelnut shell or some kind of nutshell, right? And they this is where I, I was, I was kind of like watching it in the background, but they dated this nutshell and it turned out to be 400 years older than Stonehenge, like the date that they think Stonehenge went up. And so yeah. they're trying to think like, you know, were those rocks somewhere else before, before they were at Stonehenge? Well, so there was a study that came out this year. Have you seen this one? No, I didn't see anything from this year. In 2021, um, I think it's the same archaeologist. He's been the one doing most of the work, or he's been the most prominent. He's not the only one, obviously, who's doing work on this. Um, but in the site in Wales, one of the, the issues, like you were saying, is that they couldn't really find the quarry, and then they found the quarry, but they've never found like any other uh, henges using or using that stone older than Stonehenge, something like that until they, they found <clears throat> essentially near that quarry that what I was saying in Wan, um, Wan Mon, um, which is this lowland area. And it is um, the same dimensions as Stonehenge, 360 feet across. It was mm. built um in 3400 bc so it was built about uh, uh a couple hundred it was a couple hundred years before the original stonehenge was built and so one of the thoughts is they built it at that quarry site and then for whatever reason they dismantled it and took those stones to salisbury plain and built that this is this new study that came out that's Whoa. insane Thing yeah. that yeah, Stonehenge is sort of like a a secondhand monument. It was originally, or was that first one just a mock-up? Well, that's yeah. So one of the things, one of the you know, and I don't know if we want to get into. I guess I just really quickly, you know. So the bluestone comes from Wales. The the Saracens, the really big stones that we think of, only come from Wiltshire, which is like. Uh, 25 kilometers away from Stonehenge, which is, which is still a feat, but it's still, yeah. Cause yeah. they're, they're like 20 to 30 metric tons. Yeah. And, and um, that was done using that core that you were talking about. So in the fifties, they cored one of the, 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 the rocks. And so these, these researchers got access to it. And the, this was a study from, I think 2020, where they did the geochemistry of it and they, they pieced it together to this place called the West Woods in Wiltshire. Um, and they, they could sort of pinpoint, fingerprint the rocks from this one outcrop. So the, the megaliths used were, were different. Mm -hmm. um, but did you read into how they possibly moved the rocks from Wales? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got a story about this. Oh, please. So, number one, aliens. 
All right. <laughs> yes. Well, yes. I think obviously. We all, yeah. That we all know that's where this ends. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I didn't. You know. They enslaved Sasquatch. Oh, yes. Poor Sasquatch. Uh, so there's there's two theories. Uh, it was either floated uh, a substantial distance uh, over and then dragged across the land or the other theory is just was never floated. And so they had, uh, I guess some of these archeologists have done some, you know, they've been playing around with some of this stuff. Yeah, they it's, tried. That's what you call experimental archeology span where you. Yes. Yeah, yes. That's, uh, that's, I couldn't think of it. Yeah. The experimental archeologists and they, they experiment with archeology. span I don't know how else to describe this. <laughs> and so the one story is these guys tried floating one like a, a a stone the size of one of these blue stones, and they got about a half a mile down, and the whole the whole raft like sunk. And it's like okay, um, but now another another group came up with these wooden sleds that they could have they could have uh, you know they felt that they, they these people could have constructed, and so they did this experiment where. They had uh, like little school kids, 13 year old. They had 30, 13 year old kids, right? And they made up this wooden sled, and the 30 kids moved a 1500 pound stone on this wooden sled with no wheels uh, through the grass. And I was just, it was, it was, I said it was on this, this BBC documentary. And uh, they're like, that's, they, you know, that's it, you know? And then the, the kids moved it like without much effort at all. And so I, yeah. I just think that these people moved it 150 miles over the grass. It's, it's, yeah. It's yeah. I mean, cause you, you have to, if you look at where say Pembrokeshire is in, in Wales to, to Salisbury, like it may, it would make sense to go along the coast, you know, the, the Bay of Swansea and whatnot and move it along the water because it's much further to go around the, the bay the essentially Bristol channels there and you have mm-hmm. to go across the river Severn and, and whatnot. And then you sort of, you're going over and then down instead of taking, it's not the straightest path going over mm-hmm. the land. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it seems to be what like may, as far as we know, in terms of technology, what makes the most sense. Yeah. It's it is, um, it is interesting where they you know they show like all those logs and they're sort of just rolling it along. They're not even rolling it along. It's, it's like a sled or something, it was right? A sled, sled, yeah. I mean, just pulling it. That's <laughs> yeah, crazy. Yeah. So if you think you have a crappy job, at least you're not <laughs> you're not lugging these rocks across across you know the United Kingdom. Yeah. One of so one of the other things is like. <clears throat> what the what the purpose was and and that sort of brings tying together why we're talking about this mm. is that stonehenge it it, it may it mainly opens on the the entrance or what we think of as the entrance it it lines up with the summer solstice so the sun rise well, the other thing well there's before we get into this there was uh, another use for stonehenge get, cemetery yeah that yeah that's what, the Aubrey. Oh, Pits. Are you getting there? I'm sorry. No, 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 no. The, yeah, T- tell me about it. They put dead people in cemeteries. Tell me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but uh, you know not what just... everybody in the cemetery all has in common? Yep, they're all dying to get in. I oh. Ah. Um, but it wasn't just cemeteries. It was like it was almost like a crematorium. Like it was. It was a lot of cremated remains as well. Yeah, that's well. That was one of the things in that second phase when they had the timber structure. There's some thought that they were doing active cremations there hmm. on this sort of on these timber structures. So all over um, England, they have these these like stone structures, and like some of them are are pretty crazy. They're like you know <laughs> uh, they're 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 piling like these like these capped off stone structures. Um, I don't think anything's as, as grandiose as Stonehenge, but uh, no, I don't, pretty amazing. Like, how are these guys doing this? Stuff? <laughs> yeah, it makes you. Yeah, I do. Just really quickly on the cemetery thing. Yeah, Aubrey, the the guy who first like found the pits for the blue stones, found in all fifty six pits bones. Oh, 
<clears throat> and so there's some thought that the blue stones maybe were graves, actual because they found bones in each pit. But he didn't think they were important, so he just piled them all in a single pit as he was oh. excavating them out. Uh. <laughs> so they have like fifty thousand fragments of bones, all contained within like the this one single pit. He's just like, wow. ah, throw it in the hole. <laughs> so. Wow. And so, well, they originally thought that the the, the original Stonehenge structure was much larger than it is today, right? The blue stones yeah. were were further out in diameter, right? Or I think so, yeah, because yeah, because and then there's like a main like causeway, right? Yeah, where there's like a, a road. Yeah, let's get into so the the that road goes to the um on the summer solstice. Is it is it the sunrise lines up with the the road the side of the Stonehenge on the road? I think so. I think that's. Cool. And then on the winter solstice, it's the, uh, the 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 sunset lines up on the opposite side of that road. Yeah, it's it's got to be some yeah the something like that. Yeah, and um... yeah, the, the, the as far as we know, that there was just the solar alignment. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's one of the other things with that um, <clears throat> circle they found in, in, in Wales. It also aligns with the solstice like Stonehenge does in the same orientation. So wow. all the rocks are oriented the same way. Wow. Which is, which is pretty, pretty neat if you're into that sort of thing. If you're into just knowing what season that you're in, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, well, you know, um, people back then, let me get a little existential for a second here. People, people back then in the uh, about 3500 BC, I mean, they, they just that, that's what you did at night, you just kind of stared at the stars, and you're very like, I guess they're they just. They had to be more in tune with with uh, with the you know what was going on. They didn't they didn't have a calendar or anything like that. And um, you know, I just noticed like on nights where, like when I'm out camping and stuff like that, I get away from from modern civilization. Every night, I just look up the stars and and you, you notice these things about like the the sun setting and and rising and stuff like that. Like you just you you pick up on that, and that's um. You know, a lot of things, I guess, with uh, modern civilization, a lot, we have like a lot of distractions. We don't really even like, you know, pay attention to kind of like this. We're not in tune with nature anymore, uh, man. Uh, no. Yeah, I was just going to say, you become more attuned to, you know, sunrise and sunset. Yeah, yeah. And so when you're like, oh, man, the sun's not getting any, any lower on the horizon anymore. It's a pretty big deal. You know? yeah. <laughs> like, and, I mean, yeah, and and you're going into like, the darkness yeah yeah and not only that you, you go through this period over and over and over again you're like oh man it's gonna be cold for like another two months <laughs> here it comes yep like I, I better make sure i have some food or i'm gonna die <laughs> uh yeah it... so there was a <laughs> <laughs> Jesse's having some technical. Je- Jesse's robot is attacking him. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, fun fact: not even related to well, the re- only reason it's related to Stonehenge is because I learned right before that this podcast episode started is that I was wrong. I thought that Stonehenge was one of the uh, seven uh, wonders of the world, and. Seven ancient wonders of the world. Seven ancient one. Yeah, there's like the new, yeah, there's that that whole thing too. All the right, new wonders. But um, so it doesn't make the top seven. No, it's not in the top seven. Uh, I, I think it's it's pre ancient. It's before the ancients, right? Oh man, because it's wow. like what do you get? You got the the lighthouse at Thebes. Is that the? Oh yeah, we'll get into that. Yeah, so uh, the, the Greek Garden. historian uh, Herodotus. Um, you know, and he, this guy's around uh, hundreds BC. Yeah. Um, so he uh, he made this list of the the wonders of the world, and um, so you got the Great Pyramid of Giza. Uh, everyone knows that. Uh, the Colossus of Rhodes. Yeah, the big statues. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in the harbor of the city of Rhodes. Um, the Hanging Gardens of Babylon. That's not yep. around anymore. Classic. Um, that's in Iraq. 
Yeah, would have been in Iraq. Uh, the Lighthouse of Alexandria. Is that what you're talking about? That's Jesse? what I was talking about. Yeah. The Lighthouse of Alexandria. I don't really know too much about this lighthouse. Must have been a damn good lighthouse. Yeah. It. Yeah. Um, there's something with like. For many centuries, it was one of the tallest man-made structures in the world. And it it had. Um, I'm trying to think. The lens it used was really. Oh, shoot, I'm blanking on the type of lens it was, but it um. It, it was impressive in terms of its scale. It was uh, damaged by three earthquakes between 956 and 1323 AD. It became abandoned and ruined. Yep. Uh, it was the third longest living surviving ancient wonder. Hmm. Huh. That? Um, all right. There's a lighthouse, uh, the mausoleum at, uh, how do you pronounce this? Halicarnassus. Or the tomb of uh, Malsolus. Where the heck is this thing at? I've never heard of that. That's in Turkey. Um, oh, must have been, been a grand mausoleum, though. Uh, the statue of Zeus at Olympia. Oh, uh, yeah, that looks pretty cool, actually. Um, and then finally, uh, the Temple of Artemis. Uh, I thought the... The Great Wall of China is supposed to be on this thing. I, I would have thought so. It sounds like uh, uh, there's seven here. One, two, three. It sounds like four, this five, was written six, by uh, someone in the Mediterranean. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, Stonehenge is a list from other eras. Oh, I guess you could say. Uh, who came up with this one? Um. So there's like basically a runner-up list. I, I guess I'm seeing here. <laughs> don't have to made the runner-up list. There's the Great Wall of China. Uh, the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Is it a natural wonder of the world? Uh, and is it ancient? It's not that. It's from like yeah, 1300, this, this, right? I don't know. Um, anyways, um, and the modern, here's a modern list. That the American Society of Civil Engineers said modern Ooh. marvels. Uh, the channel, kind of close to Stonehenge, connecting. Uh, well, there's, there's there's a there's a very controversial plan to build a highway basically under part of Stonehenge. Um, they want to bury the one road, <clears throat> and they, you know, part of it is like they want to restore the area because there's a highway that goes really close by Stonehenge. Um, uh huh. And they, they want to bury it. <clears throat> and the argument is, well, if there's stuff under it, you're going to destroy it. Mm -hmm. uh, but the, the counter argument is that they want to they want to make the landscape more like what it looked like when it was built. You know, they want to try and get rid of, you know, nearby eye obstructions. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. To, to make it more. I, I don't feel strongly one way or the other yeah that's a that's a pretty interesting problem to have like i could see it going both ways uh well realistically you could just do an archaeological investigation along the area that you want to bury it in and make sure that you're not going to disturb anything but i feel like that would take lots of times and millions of dollars so yeah yeah sure Done and uh, done. That's what every engineer wants to hear. Like, oh yeah, we're going to be uh, way over budget and way over time. Sweet. But let's do it. So I want to bring this up. I found an interesting point in one of these uh, documentaries I was watching about Stonehenge, and uh, the one documentary. I don't know how true this is. It'd be a fun, fun topic to talk about for the uh, to wrap this podcast up with was attributing to one of the reasons that the 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 uh, basically the stones at Stonehenge were falling down was attributed to worm poop and <laughs> worm poop can raise <laughs> soil 20 inches per 100 years or something like that or and I was like I never heard of that before yeah no i mean soil not... soil is an active process it is it is <laughs> How 
That's a lot of worm poop. That's where the, where is the extra material coming? That's from? what I was thinking because the worms are going through the yeah, soil. The, right? the worms not making material. It's not, it's making not like new. some sort of like if anything. It's churning it up. Yeah, it goes in one end and comes out the other. I, yeah, I could so I could understand you. I could, with all I, of could, us. I could I could <laughs> <laughs> I could see you say it's lowering its density, which would increase its overall uh, area. Yeah, but you would think, of, yeah, it would compact. And so but, maybe. But he said, you know, I guess you're taking the compacted stuff and you're processing it and making it less compact. I don't know. Apparently, worms poop at the surface. They, they make these little mounds, I guess, and they poop. Hey, listen, we all have, we all have the preferred place we like to go, I guess. <laughs> yeah. That was interesting. Uh, earthworms. Uh, uh, I'm, but, you know, if it's. You know, a f- a few centimeters a century, or or a few tens of centimeters a century. Yeah, that could add up. I I don't know if I buy that. <laughs> I'd like yeah. to see that study. I would skeptical, like to look into skeptical. that study and a, yes, yes. I, <laughs> and how the hell do you control for that? I mean, I, I obviously I understand you just put a bunch of time. worms poop for a decade and you extrapolate that over a century i guess but still it's a lot of worms yeah, it's a lot, lot of worms, it's a lot of poop there's there's a lot going on with this study and with these numbers <laughs> yeah <laughs> mostly <laughs> number two i'll give you that one that was... it just shows you can study anything yeah right <laughs> so all right on that note yeah Let's let's wrap this one up. Uh, thanks everybody for listening to the Geology Flannel Cast. Uh, this was a fun episode. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, if you really like the podcast and want to help us out, um, help sponsor the podcast, we have a Patreon site, Patreon.com/slash/GeologyFlannelCast. We have several different tiers of sponsorship, uh, starting as little as two dollars a month. Woo! Get some stickers. Get some stickers out of the deal. Uh, you come hang out with us while we're recording the podcast every week. We got an awesome crew. Thank you to our Patreons that are uh, hanging out and, and listening right now. Um, and then uh, if, uh, or you could also have, a, you could tell us what you want to cover for a topic. And if you, you know, you become the Topaz tiered uh, Patreon, uh, we'll devote a whole topic to whatever you want. Mm-hmm. So, um check that out uh or just tell a friend if you uh if you're not in a situation financially to help us out and you're like the podcast just word of mouth is awesome too yeah um, you know it's, tell your rich uncle elon you know you really like this podcast yeah you know. um and elon if you're out there listening check our patreon page out <laughs> uh and uh we were on facebook instagram all that stuff. So uh, we're yeah. on Twitter. We, we, Twitter? Twitter. Twitter. I was tweeting. Twitter. Tweeting. Um, so we're out there. We're out there on all this stuff. So um, check that out. And thank you, everybody, for listening to the podcast this week. Have a great week. Win- solstice. Winter solstice. Have a yeah. great winter, winter solstice. Solstice. My goodness. By the time this podcast comes out, it will probably winter solstice will probably already passed so stop i have faith in you chris i'll just stay up all night yeah maybe i'll release it at what do we say uh 10 10 10 10 58 a.m eastern time maybe exactly at winter solstice i'll i will press the submit button there you Um, go i love it that you know it's that sort of level of dedication that really makes us the premier geology podcast I, I'd like to think so. Yes. <laughs> and did you notice I didn't mess it up? I didn't say the premier geology flannel cast. I mean, that that's <laughs> what we are. And that goes without saying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Exacto mundo. Jesse, what song are you taking us out with? This oh, throwing me under the bus. I, gotta, man. I mean, <clears throat> I got to go with Spinal Tap, Stonehenge. Oh. Oh. <laughs> That's All right. I, I once I wish Stonehenge was the tiny little 
<laughs> so you heard him turn your amp up to 11. And yeah. <laughs> I mean, and also I'll end with saying that it was, it was definitely aliens. Yeah. We're all in aliens. agreement. Right? That's, yeah. But, this facade of, of, you know, yeah. moving these rocks around. Come on. This does bring up a good point. Like if we had a ton of Patreon mo- money, we could pay for the rights to all these songs and just actually play them at the end of our podcast. <laughs> I thought you were going to say we could get enough money to buy Stonehenge or make our own Stonehenge. I thought he was going there. Yeah, I did not see that song thing coming. <laughs> Much uh, more practical in both of our. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm up for all these ideas, but <laughs> just thinking music rights. But yeah, you know, I have a yard. We could do it. Uh, it's. Uh, I don't think it's a hundred meters across, but <laughs> Steve, how far down to bedrock at your uh, your house? Oh, pretty far. Is you're it? on coastal plain, right? You're on. No, you're on- no, no. I'm a, I'm on the the Piedmont. You're in the Piedmont. Got some metamorphic. Uh, I'm guys. I'm right at the fall line, so it's just all clay. Oh, just gotcha. all uh, mafic to ultra mafic weathered clay. Garbage. Uh, yeah, it's awful. My yard doesn't drain. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah. I'm also, also dealing with that. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll just build a big henge dance yeah. around it. It'll be good. Exactly. Aerate some soil, put in some sandstone, make it, make it quite nice back here. Whatever happened to that, uh, that monolith they found in Utah that we did a whole episode. Oh, oh I forgot all about it. And they, they, it, it was found somewhere else too. Like a ran or something. Oh, I thought, I thought Turkey? the artist. Turkey? I thought the artist came came forward, right? Yeah, I know who. Um, so, somebody definitely took it away, and it was yeah, like a I, far. Distant... I believe the person that took it away. He's known in the the rock climbing scene. His name's Sketchy Andy, and uh, <laughs> he does a lot of really sketchy base jumping. And oh, that's not why I would have named him. Yeah, that's not why. Slacklining some of that. Yeah, he was yeah. sketchy. Yeah, uh, I believe he's the one that. Uh, took that down, but he was on a Super Bowl, Super Bowl halftime show, doing some slack line acrobatics. Nice, yeah. Um, look him up on YouTube if you ever want to learn how not to base jump. Uh, anyways, <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's that monolith, uh, we, uh, and we didn't even get to talk about the the hinge in the United States that you wanted to talk about. Well, you got Patreon extra coming up. Yeah. yeah I've got it saved for that. <sighs> Teaser. So if you man, Chris is got this Patreon extra. A genius at marketing. Tell you, <laughs> you want to hear about the hinge in America? Hang out with us on Patreon. Yeah. Um, all right. Anyways, thank you so much, everyone. And we'll catch you guys next week. See you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for stopping. Bye.